0: which have never changed for a home. We see one man, one woman for one lifetime. Jesus saying in Matthew chapter 19 with one obvious exception. We see him create the establishment of the home. We see him in Daniel chapter 4 create the establishment of government. We see him or or mention that he created that establishment of government. We see him in Acts chapter 2 establish the church. We see him create things we see him create the universe and and paul could have mentioned all of these things he could have mentioned every one of him they could have said the god of creation who has provided but he did not he said this is the gospel of god unto salvation because that's man's greatest need because it's my greatest need i need to be saved by god And in order to do those things, I have to do those things God's way. It is not possible for me to be saved by God's plan by not following God's plan. It is necessary that I follow his plan, and it's necessary that I follow that plan to completion in order to be obedient unto him. It's necessary that I hear. It's absolutely necessary. Do you know why? Because I cannot do the things God asks me to do without hearing him. Isn't that right? You remember when you lived at home and your mother or your father would say, clean your room? Do you know why they said clean your room? There are a couple of reasons. One, because your room's dirty. Two, it might even, it might even smell. But three, they told that to you because they wanted you to do something. Isn't that right? Shake your head like this. That's exactly right. When God tells me, I want you to hear what I have to say, he wants me to do something with that. We look at Romans chapter 10 and verse 17 quite frequently when we're speaking of hearing. I'd like for you to look at Matthew chapter 13 and hear what Jesus has to say. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. You know what Jesus is saying there? He that has a willingness to hear and a willingness to follow, pay attention to the things I'm going to say. So it is the fact that for me to, to understand and to, to be obedient unto the, the God of salvation, I have to hear what he has to say. Then I have to believe those things. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, the Hebrews writer writes, For without faith it is impossible to please him. For they that come to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. It's necessary that you and I have that faith. What kind of faith? That faith that moves me to do something. That faith that's mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6 is not the faith that sits still. As a matter of fact, biblical faith is not a faith that sits still. It's not one that goes, well, there's Jesus. You know, he lived in Nazareth. He was a pretty good guy. And we just move on with history. Oh, no. That faith in believing in Jesus is the Christ means that Jesus is the Christ, the only Christ, and he is the way that I follow to heaven. John chapter 14 and verse number 6. If I, if I hear what God has to say, if I believe what God has to say, then it's necessary that I do something. Because I look at his word and I put it up against my life and I say, boy, I am, I am falling short. It's necessary then that I repent of my sin, that I change my mind about what sin is and and how I perceive sin from that point on, and then that changes how I act. That's repentance. Once I figure out the idea that I have to hear and that I have to believe in order to be saved by God, that I have to repent in order to be saved by God, then there's a confession that I must make, and that confession is that I cannot get to heaven because of me. You know, I, I don't want y'all to, to think I toot my own horn, but I'm a pretty good guy. And that doesn't matter. Not a bit. Being a pretty good guy, being an outstanding guy, being the best guy on the planet is not going to get me to heaven. It is only by the confession that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. It is only by being washed in his blood. It's only by following after the plan of God that is the power of God unto salvation. You don't see the God in Romans chapter 1. You'll see a God of power unto salvation. You find that power in that plan of salvation. Notice this. You won't find that power in the idea of asking Jesus into your heart or saying the sinner's prayer. If you're willing to accept it, I'm willing to give you just a bit of homework. Because while I might be intelligent in some things, I'm ignorant in others. And I have yet to find that verse. So if you look this week and you can find that verse where I can ask Jesus into my heart or, or where I can say some, some prayer and God will be obligated to save me no matter what I do from that point forward, please, please let me know because I don't know where it's at. As a matter of fact, what you'll find out when you search those 66 books is that God's plan is that his children, no matter what age uh, they're under, follow him. Believe Him and obey Him. It's interesting as you and I look at the idea of asking Jesus into our hearts, saying a sinner's prayer, just being moral or being a good citizen or, or feeling like God has saved me, that none of those have anything to do with what I am supposed to do in order to be obedient unto God. And yet every verse I read about the judgment God's going to judge me on my works. Hmm. Maybe my works are important. It's the power of God unto salvation. I like words. Words communicate ideas, and ideas communicate thoughts and intents of people's speech. And you work. Look at the word "the." It is the one and only power of God unto salvation. Now notice this. Could God have chosen any other way to save man? Just shake or nod like it's Alabama. It's okay. Listen, we have a split decision. Some are shaking and some are nodding. The correct answer is yes. God could have chosen any way to save man, but he did not. He chose that one way, and it is the only way that mankind is going to be saved. Look at verse 17. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. If I were writing on my outline, and I went to point number two, I would write the power of God or the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God that's revealed from faith to faith. You and I don't know anything about God unless he tells it to us. There are those who would say, well, I can, I can go into the woods or I can go play golf or I can go fishing and I can see God. You absolutely can see the handiwork of God. Absolutely. But you don't know what kind of God or, or how many gods or, or if that's a, a holy God or a vengeful God. Those things that we find out about the nature of God, we only find out as they are revealed through his word. Come out from among them and be ye separate. Why? Because I'm different. Because I myself am holy. Really? Really? We have a Bradford pear in our front yard. And it's beginning to change. And the top of those leaves at the very top of that tree are beginning to turn fire engine red. It, it's, it's an interesting look. That doesn't tell me anything about the holiness of God. Nothing. And I can't find out about that holiness, that righteousness, that mercifulness. I can't find anything about God and his love for mankind unless I read it from his word. And when I read it from his word, I find out about his goodness and his graciousness and his plan for my life and his plan for my work and his plan for my marriage and his plan for my home and his plan for my children. That's where I find those things. And as I read those things and I see the power of God and the salvation, I see the righteousness of God as it's revealed from faith to faith. It is revealed from the patriarchal faith all the way through the New Testament faith. From that patriarchal system into that Old Testament system, into that New Testament system, that God that has spanned the time is the same today as He was yesterday and the same He will be throughout eternity. That God of love and kindness and mercy and wrath, and judgment, and justice. To see him only one way is to see him really no way at all. Jesus, or rather God himself, reveals himself through his authority. When he gives us those laws, he says, I am in charge. I am the Lord your God, as he would mention to Moses on the Mount of Sinai. He said, here are some laws for my children as they live. Does God have that authority to tell me what to do? Absolutely. Absolutely. He absolutely has all authority to tell me what to do because he is the supreme one. He is the self-existent one. I exist because he has allowed it. I am his child because he has allowed it. I have separated myself from God. Uh, Isaiah chapter 59 verses 1 and 2. Did you know that Isaiah 59 will tell you that God's hand is not shortened? That he cannot say, God's ear is not dull of hearing where he cannot hear. But the problem between the Jews at that point and me and God is this, that my sins have separated me from God. And as he reveals himself as the authority, I only have really two options here. I either respect him as that authority and I follow his word or I decide to go my way. And there are so many who live in our society who decide to go their way. Here's the bill of goods sometimes we're sold in America. God's going to save everyone. So you live life how you want to, and God will be obligated at the end to save you because you're the the crowning jewel of his creation. Hmm. If, If God is going to save everyone, why create hell? If God is going to save everyone and God does not lie, which the Bible will tell us he does not. Then why say to us, if you live in an unrighteous manner, you're going to be dealt with as an unrighteous child. That you're going to be punished everlastingly. Why say those things? Is he trying to scare me into doing what's right? If I already know God's going to save me, why am I here? Why are you here? Oh no. There's an authority given to God from faith to faith. The Bible God also reveals himself as a father. A lot of times we look at the idea of father and we say, the father in the house is the provider. That may be true. The job of father goes much further than provider. While I do provide, there are lots of things that I do provide. Water, sure. Food, absolutely. Bedding, yep. Air in the summer and heat in the winter, absolutely. Protection, mm mm-hmm. Love and kindness, yes, advice, if they ask, most of the time if they don't. My ultimate goal as father in my house is to get all of my house, that would include my lovely bride, to heaven. And as God reveals himself as a father, his obligation to us, self-imposed obligation to us from the scripture is to get us to heaven. That's what he's trying to provide for us. Here's we'll read. The just shall live by faith. The just shall live underneath that protection and provision that the Father gives them. No matter what time period they live in. No matter if they live in Job's house where God speaks directly to Job. No matter if they live in the tent of Moses as God speaks to Moses. No matter if they live in a Christian home today where God speaks to every Christian home through His Word, where He offers protection and provision for all of us. Notice verse number 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold truth in unrighteousness. Number three, I see the wrath of God. We mentioned just a few moments ago all of the good attributes that that God would have that would be revealed through faith and through uh, His Word. There's another attribute that is revealed here and it it is His wrath. It is His opposition to sin and His opposition to those who choose to do that same thing. The wrath of God is seen by those who are Ungodly and unrighteous. Now, you and I have spent enough time in study within the Word of God that ungodly and unrighteous shoot up red flags in our minds, and we say, I don't want to be a part of that at all. And that's a great thing. Let me tell you about a song we sing so very often. There's a great day coming. You know that song? Remember how those verses are laid out? There's a great day coming for those who have been obedient unto God. There absolutely is. And there is a great and terrible day coming for those who find themselves in disobedience to God. What an interesting idea found in Romans chapter 1, verses 16, 17, and 18, about the power of God, about His wrath, and about His righteousness. A few years ago, I wrote wrote an article, and the title of it is, You're a Saint or You Ain't? Now, that's grammatically correct in Alabama. I'm not sure here. You know, there are only two classifications of people found within the Bible. Those who have been saved by God and those who have not. Those who are saints, which if you have been obedient unto God's word, you are now a saint. You're looking at me crazy. Shake your head this way. Yes. Uh, According to the Bible and according to what God would say, those who who are living in faithful obedience unto him are saints. And all the rest find themselves bound for a place that is prepared for the devil and his angels because they're not obedient. We have at length discussed God's plan of salvation this morning. But what we didn't discuss within the power of God unto salvation is that God, when he gets a child of his into a proper relationship with him, he does not want to lose that. He's not saying you have one chance at living this life properly. I hope you get it right. What he says is, I am your father. I'm here to love you and take you back when you fall. In Acts chapter 8, you see that Second law of pardon, spelled out exclusively for us. Friend, if you haven't put on Christ in baptism, today is the day. Today is the day which you should make those decisions and make those the proper way and, and come to God and know Him and be washed by the blood of His Son, having all your sins removed and standing before God being justified sanctified, holy. And if you've done those things, and yet as you hold your life up to the standard of God's word and you realize it's falling short, it's time to stand up, get out of the hog pen, come back home. Come back home to a God that loves you, to a family that misses you, right now while we stand and while we sing.